real estate's a really cool industry and I would just encourage anybody that's getting into it, you know, become that ultimate professional because that's where you can provide the most amount of customer service to the clients and that's super important. So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Real Estate Rockstars, welcome back. This is Aaron Amuchastegui. Today, I get to interview Megan Luther. Megan's from Fraser, Colorado. I'm excited to get to hear her story. Her company is called Simple Life. Colorado and um, a bunch of my friends. We all live in Texas. We spend a lot of time in Colorado during the summer and during the winter. And I think it is a simpler life up there, maybe. Megan, how's it going? It's great. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm good. Where is Frazier? So we are 90 miles northwest of Denver. Cool. So the so let's see, Northwest is you're closer to ski mountains nearby? 100%. Winter Park Ski Resort is five minutes from where I am right now. I can see it from my office. Oh, how much fun. Yes. I'm going to have to pull it up on a map now. So I see yeah, how long have you been in real estate? Since 2006. So what? 15 years. 15 years. That's pretty awesome. Yes. I, uh, I started building houses back in like 03, 04 uh, on the West Coast. And so around the same time. And as I pulled up, you've got so many ski mountains near you. Yes, we do. Yeah, it take you have to go over a mountain pass to get to us. So that's pretty cool. And then if you stay on the I-70 corridor, um, you'll get to Breckenridge, Frisco Vale, and then even further down, uh, you've got Aspen. Yeah, love Breckenridge. The and we spent where where were we this summer? We spent some time. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna remember in a little bit okay. uh, there. But I've got friends with houses over in, in Keystone and Breckenridge, and just fun places to play. Yes. And uh, what's it like up there right now? Uh, the winds are kicking and it's really blustery, like it's snowing out. So we had 75 mile an hour winds this morning. We've been a little bit delayed on getting our snow this season, but it seems to be making, uh, making up for it today. So with the weather up there, do you have like seasons in real estate? Like during the winter, does stuff slow down? Does it go faster because a lot of people are visiting? What's the, what's your market like throughout the year? Yeah, so our area is really interesting. Our market's pretty unique being a smaller mountain community. We're kind of the last um, undiscovered ski area that has changed. We used to have off seasons, definitely. Um, Summers were huge and then winters were also very busy, but spring and fall, it really dropped off. Now we're busy year round. Yeah, what made you get into real estate? It honestly combined all the facets of business that I really liked. Um, so you get to do, you know, the marketing, the HR and people aspect of it, and then obviously sales. And And I'm a big contract nerd, so I really like the legality and and that side of things. Yeah. If you like paperwork and dotting your eye, they don't tell you that when they're like, hey, come be in real estate. Like if you really like dotting your eyes and crossing yeah. your T's, then you're going to have fun. You usually say, hey, if you're, if you're good personality, you'll do great in real estate. Yeah. Did you do business before, any businesses before real estate? Uh, you know, I've worked in a lot of different industries. I worked for a software company, uh, down in Denver before I moved up to the mountains. And then before that it was just jobs in college. Um, I ran an old fashioned candy store, like all through high school and college as well in the summers in my hometown in Northern Minnesota. But other than that, I mean, yeah, I've 
worked my entire life and then just dabbled in a lot of different things and landed on real estate. Cause it's like I said, yeah, it combined everything that I really enjoyed. Yeah. So how was, what was it like your first year? How, like, how did you get into it? Did you, you know, where'd you sign up everything? Yeah. So my first year I started as an assistant. So for me, it was great. I was just really getting to learn the ropes, um, learning a lot of things the hard way, but doing a lot of research and, and just feeling things out. And so I actually got licensed in 2008, which was not the best time to get your real estate license as the market was turning and crashing very hard. But I, I learned a ton and learned, you know, a a lot of different techniques. um, And, it just, it, yeah, the, these last couple of years have been amazing to see like what real estate's like. And it's, it's kind of fun and fascinating to have that background where you're coming from when there was, you know, foreclosures and all, everything was bad and it was really difficult to find, you know, it was definitely a buyer's market and trying to help your clients sell stuff to where it is now, right? Where you, five buyers for every listing that we have up here and it's cash. Everybody's got cash now. Yeah. Like it, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, more often than not. Like, where did you find yeah. us? Why? Yeah, where'd you come from? What industry are you yeah, in? Let me know you your story. I thought being in real estate was awesome, but how do you keep buying these houses <laughs> for five million cash? Right. What's your average sales price up there? Uh, five hundred fifty thousand. So right. we are a second home, primarily second home community with a ski resort. Um, we have Winter Park Resort, and then we also have Granby Ranch. So Fraser um, is kind of in between the two of them. So the um, if you're Dealing with uh, second homes, right? So you've got a second home client. How would you, how is that that transaction different or what's the client like? What's the different things you should think about compared to what most of our listeners deal with most of the time and selling in areas that are the same all year round? Yeah. Great question. It's, they depend on you and rely on you a lot more, right? Because they're not here every single day. So communication is huge. I mean, it is regardless of whether it's primary or a secondary home. But for us, it's really, you know, we do a lot of video tours initially if people can't make it up, especially in this current market. And then it's a matter of us being able to meet, whether it's inspectors or, you know, handymen to get bids, different things like that. We just have to be available. We're their eyes, ears, and boots on the ground up here. Yeah. Do they have you help them during the off season? Like when they're not up there, the, 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 like when you sell them the house, is that, is that it? Or like later when they're gone, they're like, Megan, go check on my house. I heard a pipe broke or something. All all the time. Yes. We are still their resource. Um, and that's one of the great things too, is we get to stay in touch with a lot of our clients. It's not just transactional where we become really close with a lot of our clients. And I had a situation happen, um, when I first got into real estate, actually. So my partner, um, we sold a house to a guy and he called one day and he's like, I just have a bad feeling. Can you go check on our house? And sure enough, his uh, washing machine, the hose broke and his entire basement flooded. And so we were like tearing out carpet. We moved out the furniture, tore out the carpet, cut the drywall, like did all of this stuff. And, you know, real estate, you get your, you get your hands into a lot of different things. So like, I have a bad feeling when you check it out, you're like, all right, you were right. It was, it was bad. Every now and then he'll still, you know, people do, they just call us and they're like, Hey, do you mind just rolling by and checking on it? And occasionally they leave the garage door open or a light on or, you know, whatever it may be, but yeah, we're here, we're close. So we're happy to help. It's that extra service. So back in 2008, you became, did you answer like a job ad 
did you like get your license first and then you found somebody to answer a job ad or knew somebody that was in it? How did you start as an assistant? So my roommate down in Denver, her family actually owned um, a Remax franchise up in Grand County. They actually had three at the time. And I came up because um, Parnell, who's my partner, needed an assistant. And so I jumped at the opportunity because I really like this community. It's a smaller community. And so it was more used like what I was used to growing up. Came up here, really loved it. Him and I, I decided to get my real estate license. Um, fast forward a couple of years, his family decided to sell those franchises. And then Parnell and I started the Simple Life Real Estate Company. So that was in 2010 and 11. And then we had that just small brokerage for 10 years. And as we were growing our team and everything, uh, we looked into the EXP model and really liked what that offered. And uh, since 2020, we've been under EXP as the Simple Life team. Yeah. Are there a lot of agents in Frazier? There's a lot of agents in Grand County per capita. Um, Our county is the size of Rhode Island and we have 17,000 year-round residents. So of the 3,500 that are in Winter Park and Frazier, I think there's 350 agents. That is a high, yeah, that is a high number per capita for a a smaller, how do you stand out? How How do you get deals? How do you beat other agents out? Yeah, for us, I'm pretty fortunate to have that partnership with Parnell. He was, grew up here. He's a Colorado native. He's been in Grand County since he was 12 years old. He has an extremely unique name. Um, and so his family was has been doing real estate up here for a very long time. And he the sphere that he has is pretty predominant. So he likes... I do too. We both like to do things a little bit differently as well. You know, we don't subscribe to all the normal conventions of the traditional real estate industry. So we make some waves in that regard as well, doing things a little bit differently. Yeah. Like what's one of the things you guys like to do different? So we got, let's see, that's a great question. There's quite a few things that we've gotten kind of, we've rubbed people the wrong way with, but you know, our ultimate focus is to serve the client. And what's interesting is you have those private clubs like NAR and for us, it's CAR, right? Colorado Association of Realtors. And then our local board, they just like things done a certain way. And when you're not doing it, how they want you to do it, you tend to get ostracized. So, but we're okay with it. We still run and gun and we, we have a lot of fun in our clients. Like I said, we're, we become friends with so many of them. And, and at the end of the day, when we do, when we do it right by them, if we upset another agent, we're, you know, we're okay moving forward. Real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Amuchastegui for a quick commercial break. So during 2020 and 2021, the real estate market completely changed. There's so much competition in the market, so many people trying to buy and sell houses, but there's hardly any supply, hardly any product, hardly anyone willing to list their homes. It's time for every agent out there to become a hybrid agent investor to be able to reach out directly to homeowners to try to get them to sell or list their house. We've got a new website. Go to leadpropeller.com and you can set up your own investor buyer website in just minutes. You'll set up your own URL, set up phone numbers, help go through the leads, help reach out to people that aren't listing their their property currently and have them fill out a form that says, hey, I wanna sell my house. And then as an agent, you can go through and make them a hybrid offer. You can tell them, hey, I think your house would sell for $220,000 on MLS, but I can either write you a $180,000 cash offer right now, or I can help you fix it up and you'll list it for 220,000 on MLS. These are buyers that are looking for quick cash offers. Tens of thousands are submitting these forms every single day. 
and they're skipping the listing process. But so many of you guys out there are such good agents, it's a great opportunity to get that lead and help them maximize sales price for their home. So again, go to leadpropeller.com and think about signing up for your own investor site so buyers will start reaching out to you, asking you to make an offer on their home. So back in 2008, there's a population of 17,000, or I'm sure less than that, right? Of 17,000 year round residents. Foreclosures everywhere, like market probably peaked out in there around 2006, maybe 2007. So 2008, most of the prices were just falling. Like, how did you, how did you succeed in that first year or two? Did you succeed in that first year or two? What was it like? How'd you get deals? Yeah, it was still really tough, um, particularly up here with the number of real estate agents that were here. We're, we're pretty fortunate. We saw the writing on the wall. We're about, you know, our market legs 12 to 18 months behind the Denver market. So we saw everything that was happening there. We were able to advise and help some of our clients to get out of their situation sooner than later, um, which was really nice to be able to to save some people that heartache. And then we just put our heads down and we were there for everybody. You know, it's, it's reaching out, it's touching base, it's calling everybody, it's making, you know, seeing how we can help. And we ended up getting through it. Um, Parnell went through some things as well, personally. So we both ended up picking up some extra jobs in the local community. And then when we started our own company, that's when we rededicated our focus to be, you know, getting back into the real estate industry. And from there, we just haven't looked back. Yeah. Yeah. That's the harsh reality of some of those upsides and downsides as some agents saw in 2020, right? Some were like, hey, they got a different job. They had, they, you know, they had to do something else for a little while as they were taking a break because like life changes and um, you've got to be able to be flexible. Yeah. The- you got to pivot. Parnell always says, he's like, okay, we punt. <laughs> you yeah. just punt and then. <laughs> We punt until later. We're going to get another shot at this. The and then two, is two, did you say 2012? You guys started your group. Uh, 2011 is officially when we started. Yep. All right. And the by that time, most of the market had kind of bottomed out in most of those bigger places. Like yes, kind of, a lot of people started buying again, kind of for the long haul. Um, yeah. Was like it up there. We, yeah, we relied heavily on our sphere during those times because there were still people that were buying and selling, looking for different opportunities. So we were fortunate in that regard. But yeah, we didn't start out gangbusters. You know, it was Parnell and myself, and it was us just grinding every single day. And then as we continued to grow, I think it wasn't until five years later. Um, I feel like every real estate agent. Uh, there's certain people that get it, but we we started the wrong way, right? Where you're supposed to hire an administrator. That would have been an epic decision. We <laughs> didn't. We we hired another agent. And and up here, we call this uh, Peter Pan land. It's a little bit of never, never land. Everybody moves up here because they, they don't ever really want to grow up. And so a lot of people get into real estate too, because it can be a pretty quick paycheck. You know, the upside's pretty good and you don't necessarily have to you know, work a 40 hour week. That's not our experience. We, we tended to double that workload, but uh, we, like I said, we learned the hard way with that hiring an agent first. Yeah. Is most, and is most of your stuff in Frazier or is it that bigger County? A lot of it's in Frazier and then we have winter park as well. So that's the ski area is uh, where the ski area is located. And then as you get out of Frazier, you get into Tabernash, which is not technically a town. It's just in the County. And then Granby is like a bedroom community for the winter park ski resort. 
you get Granby and then Hot Sulphur Springs, Partial, Walden. There's some different areas out there. We have some pretty cool um, dude ranches, um, horse ranches and stuff like that as you get further out. You do mostly listings or mostly buyer side? We're actually about 49% listings, 51% buy. So we're pretty even. Yeah. Half and half. How many, how many are you going to do this year? Uh, we just closed two today, actually. Um, so 108, we're going to wrap out. We've got five more closings set for the rest of this month. So we'll end up at 113. Cool. How many, and how many, is it just you and Parnell and that 113 so other agents? Nope. For that? We have a team now. So yeah, it's Parnell and myself, and then we have seven other agents and we've got some support staff as well. Cool. Do you know how many transactions, I mean, it's a smaller area, do you know how many transactions they had this year for like your areas as a whole? Overall, we are, I believe in that, we're creeping up over six in that 600 range. Yeah. yeah. When I, I just did a quick like <laughs> online search for like recently closed in Fraser over the last year. And it says like just a little, little over 600 and it goes yeah. a little, a little bit past and uh, that. So 125 transact or 120 transactions, 15, something like that out of yep. 600, you guys have 20% of the market share if I'm doing my math. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's gotta be more to just like, so you've got the unique name, you've been there for a while. If you're getting half and half, like the listings that people are giving you, are they repeat buyers? Or are they people that you represented on the buy side? before? Like what's the secret to having such a big market share? Yeah, it's a good mix, right? There's a lot of sphere of influence um, because we've been up here for so long, but we also did a direct mail campaign that had a lot of success. One of the things that, as we discussed previously, where we kind of rubbed agents the wrong way, right? We did a zero to 7% flexible commission structure. And so that caught a lot of people's attention and we were able to snag quite a few listings from that campaign. It's amazing how much sellers focus on that number. Right. Yes. Commission is the thing. First thing is what are you going to charge me for commission? At least for if you're, I think maybe it stands out more in a second home place. Yes. Like what you have, because a lot of second home stuff, it's, it's investors or it's people that have wealth that have done the transaction. And if they're going to sell it, it's like a number. They're like, I thought I was going to go out there this many times per year. Now I'm not, or I got a bigger one. Now I'm not. So I could see commission really standing out. When you did that mailing campaign was a lot of it, people that like, so I, I guess as you're mailing, you're mailing to their out-of-state address to say like, hey, do you want to sell your phrase? Exactly. Out? Yeah, exactly. So that's always fun because we don't really have set farming lists, right? Everybody is spread all over the place. So yeah, we we targeted higher end, which was great because you're exactly right. That's their mentality. They don't really care. You know, it's not a primary where they have to move to a certain location or they, you know, they need an extra bedroom or this, that, or the other. They're like, I want to make as much money as possible. And so how you can get creative and change up the mix for them, that zero to seven was was how we we spoke to that need for these second home sellers. And it was awesome because we, we'd go in and chat with them and it's like, yeah, it's essentially a menu. It's like, what do you need us to do? What would you like us to do? Because here's what we offered, right? At 0%, we gave them 48 hours. You find your own buyer. You don't need us for anything. No harm, no foul. But as soon as we started marketing and doing you know XYZ, all the stuff, then it changed to a different set percentage. And depending on what they wanted to offer as a cooperating commission, because that's another common misnomer, right? Um, people think there's a set commission that you have to offer, but it's up to the seller. It's at their discretion. So depending on what they wanted to offer as a co-op, that would change the, the total commission structure. Yeah. 
And in the in these heavy seller markets, the we've seen a lot more shifting around on the buyer side. It ranges anywhere from in Texas, we see ranging anywhere from one and a half to three percent. Yep. And again, depend depends on if people are selling their house, you know, selling their homes themselves, or if they are investors and what they're seeing in those in those transitions out there. What's so now you've learned a lot about tra- the you know transaction process and marketing process. What's something you wish you would have known when you first got into real estate? That you know now. Uh, how, honestly, how to run a business better and how to hire people. One of the things that makes our team so great, and it's been a lot of different growing pains, but figuring out how to onboard people so they understand what our culture is, right? Because we are friendly, we're fun, we want everybody to be successful, but we're also very much grinders and we love working hard and this is very important to us and we want to be professionals. I think there's a lot of people that you run into just really in any realm, right? That they're not necessarily devoted to it. And so this is something that was something that was very important to us to make sure that anyone that we brought in really understood, you know, contracts and negotiation and that this is a client focused customer service based business. Like you are doing, this is the biggest purchase people, some people will ever make in their entire lives, right? It's their home. And yeah, we're dealing with second homes as well, but still it's an investment and it's very important to them. So that customer service aspect is extremely important. And if we would have vetted people a little bit better in the beginning, I think we would have had a little bit less harsh growing pains, I guess. Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Buchastegui and I'm interrupting myself to bring you this commercial break from one of our sponsors. And I know, I know you guys would much rather listen to the content and not the ads and not the sponsors, but this is one that I'm actually super, super excited with. You know, so many of the realtors that we interview on the show, they talk about how much systems are important and how much follow-up is important. And I'm really, really excited about our new sponsor. There's somebody I've been looking at for a long time. And when they reached out to me, I said, yes, we have to be able to do this deal. So that sponsor is Follow Up Bob. You know, on an interview last week with Agent Mark McGuire, I asked him what his favorite software and what his favorite system was. And he said it was Follow Up Boss. And then he went on for another three or four minutes to talk about why Follow Up Boss was the best CRM he uses. So there's a lot of superstars out out there that use Follow Up Boss. Some of the stats they gave me, Robert Slack, 1.5 billion team in Florida, number one in the US. He uses Follow Up Boss to get a 400% ROI on its massive paid lead spend. Deborah Beagle, co-owner of the Ashton Group in Nashville, uses Follow Up Boss to guarantee the agents who join her team get two homes under contract in the first 90 days. That's a big guarantee for new agents. Barry Jenkins of the, your friends in real estate uses Follow Up Boss to automate everything so his team can produce 200 million on 25 hour work weeks. All right, so here's an offer. You guys are gonna get this special for being Real Estate Rockstars listeners. Now I've, I've used Follow Up Boss. We've actually used it in our non-real estate businesses as well because it's so good at being able to set timers, set automatic texting and emailing, and what do, what do you know, best name ever, Follow Up. So here's what we got. For Real Estate Rockstars listeners, you get a 30-day free trial. That's normally 14 days. So in order to get this, you go followupboss.com forward slash rockstars. So again, followupboss.com, just like it sounds, forward slash rockstars. Go there, get your 30-day free trial, and check it out, especially if you aren't using any systems or any CRMs yet. This will be a great one for you to start with. 
All right, everybody. Thanks again. Now back to our show. Yeah. Hiring is always a and real real estate agents are entrepreneurs, right? You have to run a business, learning how to run a business. We've had questions that ask that are people are saying like, how do you manage your bank account? What sort of things do you separate? Like what sort of entity structure are people using? Are they W-2 employees or salaries? And there's a lot of that that people don't talk about enough where when you're learning, even when you're getting your real estate license, you're taking the test, like how to run a business isn't, isn't one of the lessons with right, that. Right, the, right, right. Yeah. And then how, you know, real estate specifically, you take that test. It honestly teaches you very little about how to do real estate like out in the world. Yes. Most of the questions you will never use again, or later you'll be like, wait, I think this is, I, I think this is a life estate. Let me read let me really what that really <laughs> right. means. Is that right. that's going to happen? So that experience and just immersing yourself and, and finding somebody initially that you can rely on, you know, that's why we like that team structure as well. You're not out there alone. You have people to fall back on. And honestly, every real estate transaction tends to be very different, especially for us. We don't have specific, you know, like neighborhoods that have all the same houses or anything like that. We deal with a lot of different types of properties and they did a lot of creative things and up in the mountains, especially when they were building in the seventies and eighties. So yeah, su- surprises around every corner. Yeah. When you're building in the middle of nowhere, permits are a little, are oh, not, not quite the same. So you talked about how you <laughs> went and got listings right? Yeah. These mail campaigns to owners. And for, I've had, I, I had a gal from, from, I don't know what town it was in Colorado, another one from Idaho that said, Hey, we'd love to hear from some agents that are in kind of these resort vacation towns on how to be successful. And that first thing that Megan talked about there, the first thing you talked about of being able to market to those out-of-state owners and giving them kind of that, that flexible commission marketing tactic, I think is great. It gets that conversation started and the because so many of those people are more dollar driven than emotional driven. They're like, make this easy on me, make me have the most money, especially in this in the strong sellers market. Most of the time that people are selling, like, oh, if I can get that much money for it, I'll sell it right now. But now you have 49% on the buy side. So how are what are you doing to get uh, to, to, to get buyers, to get buyers to find you guys? How do they find you? And do you have any uh, outbound marketing techniques used for that? Yeah, our biggest success with that has been Google Ads, honestly. Um, we're pretty fortunate when people come up to this area, um, they're they're confined, right? Like they're just, they, they have what they have. We're not that big. Um, so in addition to that, we do a lot of local advertising as well. We have a local TV channel up here. There's radio, um, newspaper, you know, all that type of stuff. So it's more of an omnipresence tactic with the buyers. We just want to be in front of them wherever we can. Uh, we're out in the community a lot. So I think that helps as well. Would you know your numbers for ads for like Google ads and Facebook ads? Like how much, do you know how much someone, if someone's just looking at getting into it, like how much should they expect to pay to start getting real leads? And of those leads, how many actually close? You have, you yeah. So I, we're in, I think we're an anomaly. So we don't do Facebook ads and we <laughs> haven't done anything like Instagram wise. It's all been organic social media. So we're really fortunate in that regard. And again, I think it's because we have that audience that once they're up here, you know, there's. I don't know. It's it, we've been very fortunate in that regard. So Facebook ads, no. But as far as Google ads, we spend so last year on a campaign. Like overall, honest to God, it was not much. I think we spent sixty six grand for the year, mm-hmm. uh, and we had oh goodness sake, what was that percentage? We had I, I want to say it was something ridiculous, like 
for our buy side, it was over half of our buy side. Like we had a, a great ROI on the Google ads. Yeah. I mean, that's probably one of the benefits of a small town, even though there are a lot of agents per capita there, um, you know, the budget to go into that. And the, if someone's going to go start an ad campaign right now, are there any, any things that you think people would search all the time that would make you guys stand out or any advice you'd give new agents that are trying to push ads? Just think of what you search for when you go to a vacation town. Like what are the types of things you're looking for, right? Different restaurants or what are the things to do? What kind of activities are involved? And then put your place, uh, put yourself in those ad spaces. Um, You know, we have a ton of activities up here as far as rafting. And of course, the ski area, we have tubing hills, um, hockey arena, all that different type of stuff. We have a one movie theater up here, you know, so like that's one of our bigger ads. And and you're just, you're in front of a captive audience. Yeah. The, so, and then social media. So you get a lot of uh, organic social media because once people get up there, they kind of find you because you're one of the people out there advertising. Yep. What are the things that you put on social media? Uh, what's, what's the sort of content you guys put out there to kind of drive more, more customers, more clients? Yeah. We started off, you know, advertising different listings or uh, kind of the traditional traditional route. And that wasn't really doing anything for us. We found a lot more of the lifestyle. Um, so we're, we're trying to get in to do more videos and different things like that because our agents are involved in a lot of different things. We're, we're up in the mountains and then we're also on the front range. So we are in the Denver area. And whenever agents go to an event down there or they go for a bike ride or if they're skiing or snowboarding up here, you know, any type of those activities, that's the type of stuff we're capturing to get people to you know, say, Hey, Oh, that looks fun. You know, Grand County could be a really cool place to come visit or Denver looks great. I didn't know they had that. Yeah. Any other technology you guys are using just to follow up with buyers or clients in general? Uh, We have our our CRM. So we've just transitioned actually over to HubSpot. So we do that. And then it's a lot of, we encourage our people to call. Uh, That's one of the biggest thing. Like, don't be afraid of the phone. The phone is a powerful tool and and just keep calling. People want to hear from you. I think as the technology age has advanced and everybody's DMing and on Instagram and, you know, whatever, Facebook, all this stuff, it's actually nice to hear somebody call you on the phone and have a conversation with you about something. That's not for everybody, but it it does work for our community because most people coming up to the mountains are trying to, you know, kick back, relax, get away from all that stuff. And they do like talking to people and, Hey, let's go have a beer at the pub or whatever it may be. Yeah. How often do you try to make sure you call and reach out to people? I mean, we, it's constant. I I call people every single day or they call me. Um, So yeah, we keep in touch with our our people. That's one of the things that's always come very natural. And I think it's because of the relationships that we've developed throughout the process of, you know, whatever their transaction was, whether it was buying or selling. Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui with a quick commercial break. Now you've been listening, you've been waiting, and now the big rent ready mystery can be revealed. Rent ready just launched rental property accounting for landlords. It's so new, I haven't even got a chance to check it out yet. Now you can easily connect your rental properties from RentReady to an accounting software created specifically for landlords with RentReady's newest partner, REI Hub. Now I've used a lot of payment processing systems in the past and it's always been a challenge even asking them to generate APIs so it can talk to our existing systems. And they're really, any type of software that collects payments doesn't make it very easily to do that. But now with Rent Ready, you can automatically transfer properties and charges from your Rent Ready profile. 
You can track your income and expenses with matching rules and payment templates to speed up your bookkeeping. View your profit and loss or cash flow by property or unit. Get your portfolios, balance sheet, schedule ease, and more. Guys, we're so excited about this. And here's something even more exciting. As always, with Rockstars, you get a special, special opportunity. If you're not currently using Rent Ready, you can sign up using our special code ROCKSTAR50 and get 50% off your Rent Ready subscription. Once you set up your properties, you can add rental property accounting as a premium feature. If you're currently using Rent Ready, go check out the new accounting features designed to save you time and money while you manage your business. And remember, it's Rent Ready with an I at the end. R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I dot com. Thanks for listening. Go check them out. So if somebody's new and wants to get into a destination market like yours, what what advice would you give them to, to be able to succeed? Because they're coming in fresh. You're talking about so much of yours is relationship, you know, that you've been there. How does someone new break into the market? Just being involved in the community was the biggest thing for me. And then aligning yourself with people, you know, if you can align yourself with somebody who's been there for a while, I think that would be great as well. Um, that's been my experience. Local communities, smaller communities, destination resort communities, it's very much a, a close-knit culture and a community. So like just getting to know your neighbors, going to those local restaurants and shops and just introducing yourself and ultimately not expecting anything, but asking how you can be of service. Yeah. Any predictions on how the market might change over the next year up there? I don't think we're going to change that much. Um, we've seen a little bit of stagnation price-wise, but our like everywhere, our inventory is very low still. I don't, I don't see it changing, changing that much for us. Yeah. We're starting to feel, it's funny to even say slow down. Everyone is saying it though. Like it's not quite as if we were getting 15 offers in July, we're getting three or four offers now. So it's not a bad market, right? Or now we're up to almost two months of inventory instead of less than one. So again, not bad, still like some of the best ever, but we are seeing the, the trend slowing down a little bit. One of the feelings I've had is um, it kind of feels like we didn't get a winter in 2020 because right. everybody wanted houses. So we usually have a winter break where people slows down, but, but last year everyone's like, I'm going to take this opportunity to buy my houses it kind of feels like right now we're getting that kind of seasonal normal winter break that we would get during normal years. Like, Oh, yeah. not many people are moving in December, but again, you're in a ski area. Are you, do you think there, do you think you're seeing some seasonality with that? So you're, you said you're seeing a little bit of a lull, but next year, I mean, is there still very little demand for how many sales are happening? Yeah, I, 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 we do feel the same way as you. I think like last year, it was crazy. It was absolutely nuts. Um, and it's interesting, right? Everybody's like, oh no, it's it's changing. It's so, slowing down so much. But yeah, still getting three to five offers on properties when they're listed is is great. Like, yeah. it, you know, they're still selling within, you know, 30 days or, or less. That's great. Um, even if it takes a little bit longer. We still have a lot of demand. So I anticipate we'll, you know, our winters are always pretty busy. People are always coming up here looking, trying to figure it out. We have a ton of new construction up here. So I imagine going into next year, people are going to, you know, full, go full throttle again and just try and get into something because there's not much out there. And, uh, and us being in Winter Park, close to that ski area, you know, Aspen manages us. And so they're putting a lot of infrastructure and they have a lot of big plans for the resort area. So we've attracted attention in that regard. People are still trying to get into a semi-affordable ski resort area. And, and that's us right now. So I think yeah. we're going to be, we're looking okay for the year, year to come for sure. Hopefully in the next five to 10. Where do people fly into? Sorry. Denver. 
yeah. Denver, unless you've got, there's Lear jets that can get into Kremlin. Mm-hmm. So that's another little ranch town out there. Yeah. I'm looking at, so like a 600 list of sales over the last year in Fraser. It says there's 49 on the market right now. Mm-hmm. Nearly all of them are new construction. You talked about the average price being 550 ish. I'm seeing over a million. Know, yeah. yeah. Average, right? Like there, yep. I mean, there is some lower, so there's some, Hey, 899 square foot, 499,000 bucks getting built for a condo, a four bedroom condo, same developments, 1.6. The, yeah. uh, are there many off market listings up there? Uh, we do have quite a few, actually. Again, just from being here for as long as we have, there's a lot of sellers that are up here that are like, you know, I don't want to deal with other agents. I don't want people traipsing through my property. But if you can get me this price, and you know, somebody that wants to close around this time, I'm in. So, yeah, you know, write me a I think, contract. I think that's super common for second home stuff. It's like I don't necessarily want to sell, but the but I would. Right. Yeah. They're like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't really care either way, but if, but if I can get what my neighbor got, that's great. But I also don't want to list it at that for risk that I sell it for less or for yes, whatever. So the <laughs> 100%. But yeah. But that makes that's a lot of game. sense. Cause yeah. Cause if you're selling if, if 50 homes a month, they're selling there and you've only got 49 on the market, the, you've got a pretty tight market up there. And how many agents did you say are there again? Do you know, do you remember? Yeah, you know? 350 was the last time I checked that may have fluctuated, but yeah. man, everybody and their brother, up here. Yeah. I mean, if you're anywhere between three and 400 agents for 50 houses, the, um, I think that's, I guess there's more agents than listings in a lot of places. Not everybody works hard for agents. The, so what are you guys going to do over the next year? Like how many transactions did you do this last year again? And then 120, but how many do you think you'll do next year? Well, we're gunning for two, 210. So we have 113 that I'll, that are good to go. That'll be closed on the books as the end of this year. And we're looking to do 210. Our, our volume this year was just under 64 million. And then our GCI, we're just under 1.7. We really want to get to that 3 million GCI. And then we're going to focus, sorry, excuse me. We're going to focus a lot on recruiting in the coming year with EXP's model. We really want our agents to understand like the opportunity for those multi- um, multi-revenue streams. Right. I mean, that's the only way you can get to 200, right? Is more agents and probably yeah. a, a wider area, like wider area. Expand, yes. Expand, yeah. Like geography. Yeah. So we're focused right now. Um, we're trying to set up an office up in golden. So that's just down the hill. And then we've got an agent in Boulder. Um, we're in Lakewood, we're in Denver. Uh, so we're just, we're looking to, to find more agents in that area as well to join our team. Cause we've got, we've got some big goals. So we need yeah. the, we need a bigger crew. If an agent is thinking about like joining a team, right. Or joining a different brokerage or whatever, what questions should they be asking? Like if they're, if someone's going to come in and interview with you and they go interview with other people, what should they ask you? And what should they ask everybody else if they're trying to figure out what the right fit is for them? Yeah, I think they should ask questions about the culture and honestly, what the expectations are, right? And then additionally, how, one of the questions that I really love is what's the most amount of money you've ever made? You know, and when they say, okay, what do you want to make? And has anybody ever showed you how to do that? You know, we have agents with us right now. We had a guy break 250,000, right? Another gal that came over with us, she had been with Keller Williams for over a year, hadn't sold anything. And she, she net 120 grand with us this year. Like we have the systems and processes in place. So if you're the right fit, you know, you just need to make sure that it, it jives with what you're trying to do. Yeah. The, that sounds pretty cool. And then, so, and you said HubSpot's the, the technology you use now, and then 
Do you integrate that with, with a dialer or, you know, cause I think I, we use HubSpot in some of our businesses. We use follow up boss in some of our businesses. And so when it's like, does it, does it tell you, Hey, this is when you're going to call or do, do you automate other phone systems within it? So right now we have it set up where we're just going through HubSpot as we're continuing to grow. We'll probably integrate. I think Kixi is the dialer we've been looking at most recently because it has the opportunity. I think you can do the triple dialer. Um, but what we do is we have, we have a ton of leads in our database. And so what we do is just chunk those out and send them over to our agents. And we're like, call, call, call these people and then follow up. Tell us the ones you want to keep that are on the hook. Swipe out the other ones. Here's another you know group to call. And we just have everybody cycle through. Yeah. So when you're handing them those leads, this is somebody that's in the database, they're old and they've, you know, essentially they were, they were on your database. And now you're kind of ha- handing them over to somebody. What, what should they say in that conversation? Like what is, what is the coaching they give them when they're calling as on that intro? What's their script? What are they supposed to be talking about? Yeah. So if we haven't ever connected with them before, we follow the same script uh, to reach out. But if they have been communicated with, it's honestly just, hey, this is Megan. I'm reaching out. You were looking for properties in Fraser, Colorado. I wanted to see if you were still interested and in, then just have open up that dialogue. A lot of people in our area, um, at least it used to be, it's, it's changing a little bit with the current market, but typically it it would take a year to 18 months for somebody to close up here on a property because no one needs a second home. Right. And so there's a lot of factors that come into play. They've got their their everyday daily life. And then, yes, this is the dream, but it's got to be the right fit. It's got to match the family. It's got to match what you know their lifestyle is. So people take some time when they're deciding. Um, in the last year, we've seen people coming up real quick and just saying, nope, that's fine. You're on an acre. I w- it's a house. I'll take it. I'm in. Yeah. But normally, I think you're totally right when you're talking about the, the second home community and, and why a CRM or follow-up at all is so much more important because the, cause yeah, somebody goes, goes to a resort community for the first time and they go, that was cool. One of the first things everybody does is go on Zillow. Like what do, what do houses here for? Oh, that's a really nice house. Oh, I had no idea. And then they start thinking about it yep. and they're like, well, we don't even know if we're going to go back next summer or not, but let's see yep. how often we're going up there. And then it's finally like, yes, we love it here. And we're going. Yeah. We, we've nurtured people for four years. You know, where they were like, oh, I was just checking prices. You know, we drove through on the way to Estes Park and I just didn't even know you guys existed. And then we we nurtured that conversation. And four years later, they're like, we're ready. And we know Winter Park, Frazier, that's where we want to be. Like we're in, let's go. Yeah. So you're starting that with, with some Google ads and some other outreach out there, like the movie theater ads. That's brilliant in a place where people are, if there's only one and people are coming into town, you guys do open houses or anything like that? We don't. Honestly, open houses is kind of a running joke up here. They were just feeding real estate agents because those were the only people that ever came. There's no guarantee at any given time that any, you know, there's going to be a concentration of people that would even come to it. Sometimes they're successful every now and then on weekends, you can get to it. But we have listings too, that are just, they're tucked away. <laughs> like they're hard to get to anyways. So unless you're meeting them at your office and leading them out there, it's not stuff people are just going to stumble upon and walk into. Yeah. What do you do for inspections when there's three feet of snow everywhere? Just shovel out the sidewalk and get in the door. There's a lot yeah. of things that you'll see. Like we had one recently, you know, roof could not be inspected because of, you know, the dangerous conditions and too much snow. Yeah. So what, so it's just like to buyer beware, like the, yeah. you know, might, might leak, might not, but you couldn't see it, but we don't know what's going on under that snow either. So right, right. hopefully it works out. 
Right. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times then you just look at the age of the roof and you have those conversations with the seller. Have you ever had any issues? You know, you replace any shingles. Uh, We're again up here. We don't get like down on the front range. They have a lot of hailstorms. So there's different damage that can occur for us up here. It's if people aren't using heat tape correctly, they may get ice dams so that that water will sneak up underneath the, the shingles and the weatherproofing and it'll get in there. But other than that, it's, it's the sun is the sun. And, you know, that hot cold is just what, what would affect a roof up here. So there's, we know all the major things that could go wrong with it. And it typically pretty, pretty easy to tell. It's pretty much age, age of the roof and yeah. how old it is and, and what area it's at. This yep. is, uh, this has been fun, Megan, the getting, to, I think uh, second home communities are unique. You know, you guys are doing something unique up there. I'm sure we're going to have you know, some agents, maybe even some Denver agents that are thinking about coming up and, and yeah. trying to see more or people all over the place that want to learn more about those second home markets. What's the best way they can find you? Yeah. So you can follow us on Instagram. It's the Simple Life Colorado, or you can always reach out to our office. Um, Parnell and I are usually around or you guys can connect with us and you can talk to anybody on our team. Really, we're all uh, they're all really good folks. So uh, that's 970-726-2000. And you can and you can find us. Otherwise, if you're in town, man, stop by. We're easy to find. We're in the Murdoch Center in Fraser. So yeah, you got a great name, easy to remember, Simple Life Colorado. Thank Pretty you. cool. Any final thoughts you want to tell our listeners? Um, I it was really great to talk to you and and honestly hear about your Texas market as well because that's always fascinating, right? Real estate trends in different areas, kind of all circles around. We have our own niches, but ultimately real estate's a really cool industry and I would just encourage anybody that's getting into it you know, become that ultimate professional because that's where you can provide the most amount of customer service to the clients. And that's super important. I love that. Yeah. Become, become knowledgeable about all the markets are a little different. They've all got their, their little things. So become super knowledgeable, become that ultimate professional and you'll be able to serve people. What a, and then the, one of the things you said at the very beginning was kind of always serving those clients. So like, Hey, can you go check out my house? Yep. Right now. And you're not saying if you, you know, I'm going to send you an invoice for checking out. You're like, yes, we'll go check out your house. Like you're a customer, like it leads to something later. So that you probably have to work even harder for some of your clients out there because it is that second home. But if you say yes to whatever, then you get a lot of raving fans. So Megan, this was awesome. Thanks for coming on the, uh, the, I'm sure you guys will continue to do well up there. I'm looking forward to hearing next year. If you hit your 200 number, because you're already taking such a huge percentage of the market up there. So it'd be really cool to see uh, what else is going on. So, um, and behalf of my listeners, I want to say thank you for coming on today and sharing some of those secrets with us. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Hopefully we're touching base next year and we can celebrate. We have to celebrate with you. Real estate rock stars. Thanks for listening. All right. Real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one. And I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents, and we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, 
Be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, we've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every punny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients. And we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate. How to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff, rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our Real Estate Rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.